Hello members, um, welcome back to the LDOT podcast. Um, this week we are speaking with Amelia. Amelia um, is an OT student at Brighton University and she has recently been on an LD placement um, with Bryony and Bryony's service. Um, Bryony, do you want to tell us a little bit about service Amelia's been on placement with you in? Yeah, of course. So as the listeners might already know, I work in an intensive support service for people with learning disabilities, um, which also links into an assessment and treatment unit. And Amelia was on placement with us for seven weeks, a couple of months ago. And she's kindly said yes to coming on the podcast, which is really nice to talk about it. It's lovely to have her on and have her back and to hear all about it. I hope she's going to say good things. <laughs> I'm sure she will. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, shall we start with some news and favourites, Becky? Yeah, let's go for it. Do you wanna, shall we start with, let's mix it up. Should we go favourites first and then news? Because news yeah. is a bit different. Yeah, it's a bit different this so, time, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, a little bit different. So uh, our favourites. Um, so I came across this on Twitter, actually. Um, it's a course run by Meet to Match and they're running uh, How to Date, a course for adults with learning disabilities and autism. And there's some, um, yeah, it looked really good. There's some dates coming up. Um, I think there's one on the 23rd of June and the 21st of July. And right. you can book, yeah, they look really good. You can book on by emailing amanda at meet slash in slash match .co.uk. Sorry, that sounded a bit weird to say out loud. <laughs> and I think they're about £10 a session. Um, but they look like a really interesting resource that people might want to pass on. That's, that's a great resource. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I hadn't heard of that before. No, it looks really good. I think they do, there's some other resources they have on their website as well. It's worth poking around. Definitely. Uh, my, it's my favourite this month is actually the Moho OT Twitter account and Instagram account, which is run by um, an OT called Ruth, who um, provides independent Moho training. And I've been really loving it. She's been doing um, a kind of ABC (laughs) of occupational therapy, which is really nice. It's got some really good, just some really good points about OT really. And yeah, it's a really good account to follow if you would like a bit more information about Moho. Um, and a place where you can kind of think about it a bit more. Um, it's a good one to follow. So, so shall we? Yeah. That sounds really brilliant. Shall we jump in with our news? So, our news yes. is a little bit different um, this episode because basically we are going to be stopping for a little while, and that's uh, because I'm going off on maternity. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a break. <laughs> probably won't have time to do the podcast. Yeah. So um, we still intend to continue, but our plan is when I come back from maternity, we'll start up again in the January, and it will be cut down to four episodes um, a year. So sort of one every quarter is what we're thinking. Um, we'll probably do a new series, won't we? We might kind of branch out a little bit into slightly different topics um but we're happy to hear ideas from listeners if anyone has any ideas of how they might change from things but yeah if there's anything you'd like included you can yeah. let us know because we're really gonna i think we're gonna rethink aren't we how yeah. we kind of structure things and yeah maybe think about talking to some different people and 
maybe different professionals we were thinking as well at one stage yeah thinking about um maybe multidisciplinary teams coming in and talking about um, their experiences working together working on cases that kind of thing if listeners would find that useful can let us know i think it was quite nice with the first series we obviously started with day in the life of an ldot and it was quite mm-hmm. a fresh sort of it was quite an easy kind of concept and then we went into the more case studies and just general chit chat with this one so it might be nice to have a think about doing something a little bit different for series three so that's where we're at yep yeah some changes but it's all good <laughs> so hopefully yeah in a few months time we'll be back we'll be back we'll let you know but we'll keep you posted on twitter what we're gonna do <laughs> we will do but for now we'd like to welcome amelia onto the podcast welcome amelia to the podcast hi amelia hi amelia hello how are you i'm good thank you how are you yes good thank you good to have you here very good to have you here so um you're here with us today to chat about your placement so you did a placement with Bryony in an intensive support service and we just kind of wanted to know a little bit about your experience as a student within an LD service we thought that might be quite nice is that all okay so before you started your AT training Amelia did you have experience of working with people with learning disabilities from before yeah, so I did actually. So whilst I was doing my undergrad, which was biology degree, I had a weekend job, part-time weekend job. And it was actually a social enterprise for people with learning disabilities. So um, where I work was like a sort of cafe gardens um, and they'd work alongside us as part of their step up to work scheme. So I'd sort of mentor them and sort of teach them workplace skills and etiquette and build their confidence to sort of help them prepare for paid employment so yeah that's that's when I realized I wanted to do OT because I kind of was doing it without the label because I what I didn't realize was that I was grading things as well yeah like um I had one one uh like he, he he didn't like make eye contact didn't speak to anyone um, at first and he was really like shy and underconfident um, so he started at the dishwasher at the back and he knew where the cups went so I just start with the cups and he put them away um, and he knew how to do that and then I'd like build up to like um, different crockery learn where those go and eventually he was you know talking to everyone and doing everything yeah that's when I realized because I was like mm. it's so rewarding I found it so rewarding. Yeah, you're kind of doing it naturally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a good, yeah. So is that, did you know about OT before you did that job, Amelia, or did you sort of come to that later, but realise it kind of fit with what you've been doing, if you see what I mean? Yeah, I found, found it that way because I didn't really know really what it was. I wish I had known when I fit my undergrad, um, but... Oh, well, yeah, I came, I came to it later because there were OTs working within the trust. Oh, okay. I see. So I was like, okay, yeah, I want to, because I realised I was doing my degree during the week and then I was looking forward to the weekends working with the students. So, yeah, I came, I came to it through that charity. Sounds like a lovely experience. Mm. Lovely path to it as well. Like, 
although you could have come at it straight from school, actually, would you have been ready? Maybe you needed that extra time, you know? Yeah, I needed that sort of realisation. Yeah. That penny drop moment. That that's what I wanted to do. I could have ended up doing lab work. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so different from what you're doing now. I know. I know what a difference researching medicines and then yeah so at uni Amelia um have you had any lectures on um OT and LD within your course before your placement yeah so we actually did we had a week um where we um with our problem-based learning we had a learning disability trigger um, and we also had a couple of lectures during that week to support our PBL learning. So it was quite good. Um, our PBL itself was joint with social work students as well. Oh, really? So we yeah. Oh, I used yeah, to love it, really Brighton, when you join up. It's like an Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. We had one with physios recently, which was really good as well. But um, So we covered quite a lot, actually. And I was just looking through the lectures the other day, and they're so detailed. Um, we had lectures from one of our tutors who also works in a community team for people with learning disabilities. Mm. So we covered quite a lot of ground. My only, <laughs> and I was looking through um, our learning resources, and there's actually so much there that we didn't um, necessarily go through. Um, okay. So lots of resources there, but I just wish we'd had more time. And also, yeah. I'm just when. Our PBL was really good, but looking back, we because we hadn't been on placement yet, it was our sort of first module, really. We only like touched the tip of the iceberg, really, with it. It's um, like so good you had it when you did because you had a learning mm, disability yeah. placement, but because you had it at the beginning of your studies, if you were looking at it with the eyes you have now, I bet how you'd go about it would be really different or how you'd think about things would be sort of slightly different, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Like now I've now I've had a placement in it I look back at what we did in PBL and I'm like no there's so much more to it you're just <laughs> getting the basics but the basics are good oh you need the basics Important, yeah. yeah absolutely and that's the thing isn't it? it's all learning you're not going to know it all at the beginning of the course and then but if you were to go back at it back to it right at the end I wonder yeah, yeah. how it would look yeah there's so many things that we didn't pick up <laughs> yeah I always used to think that with um, when I was at Brighton, um, I, uh, you know, at the end, I was like, oh, um, I work, looking back, we look back at our PBLs from like right at the beginning compared to when we're right at the end. It'd be really interesting to compare, actually. <laughs> like, I never did it, but it would have been really interesting because you're picking up the skills as you move through the course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm glad you got to do it, though, before you came. That's mm. so good. We even, um, we even had a lecture on um, sensory processing. Did you? Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Sensory processing, sensory integration on, Gosh. you know, the Mo host, AMPS, wow. and communication. They co she covered Makaton, intensive interaction, all of those things. Wow. So amazing. it was quite comprehensive. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, there's so much more um, for yeah. so, than when we studied. So varied from other universities because I studied at Southbank and learning disabilities wasn't mentioned once. <laughs> really so, no we didn't oh. do anything on it yeah it's a shame we need to I hack south bank <laughs> oh, 
no. See, I think we have the benefit of having loads of lecturers who work in it. Mm. So Riley said, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is probably why, you know, so many people on my course are interested in it because we've actually mm. been exposed to it from the get-go. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, that's true, like, actually. Three PBLs that mod module of physical health, mental health, and learning disabilities. Wow. wow. Um, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, Amelia, we're also wondering um, why you, uh, so you know, we were saying um, bef before about how, you know, like you rank placements, don't you, for Brighton? So you, you choose which one. Uh, you choose five, don't you, that you would like to do. And we were wondering why yeah. you chose LD um, as one of your top five. For placement first time round. Yeah, it was my top. Oh, was my number top. one. Hey. Number one, and I got it. So I was the envy of everyone. Um, oh. um, well, I picked it because I actually, it was the only learning disability one available, and I already knew how hard they are to get. Oh. And I came to OT wanting to pursue, you know, learning disabilities in my career. So I thought, you know. I gotta put it down. Yeah. Gotta put it down top so I get it. Um, so yeah. That's Brilliant. Fine. Just went for it. I like that. Just went. <laughs> <laughs> and wrote them a, a whole paragraph why I wanted it. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> That's awesome. Although oh, I well done. I only got it because I had a car and I could get there. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I tried to order it. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the service you were on placement in? Uh, an intensive support service. So um, I believe it's a crisis team that works with the CTPLD and the residential staff, if that's applicable, and um, try and prevent placement breakdown um, in line with the transforming care partnership and resolve whatever's issues arisen try and stop them getting admitted uh, but if they do get admitted um, because it just can't be sustained in the community um, and they need urgent specialist assessment and intervention then they get admitted to the inpatient unit I spent a lot of time there probably most of my time there um, so yeah if they've had placement breakdown or mental health breakdown or um, end up there which yeah is that enough that's, that's amazing yeah, yeah it's a really good well, overview that's a great did I summarize summary. it well enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done just off the top of your head that was really good <laughs> better than me I, I'm terrible <laughs> whenever I'm asked I'm always like Karen <laughs> I'm terrible at <laughs> summing it up for this who might be a bit confused, Bryony was actually Amelia's supervisor. So Bryony works in the ISS team and I work in the CTPLD of the same team. So that's how we met her in case we were a bit confused. Yeah. 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 Just realised go up almost. Realised, yeah, I um, say. Um, what, do you want to ask the next question, Bryony? Or I know you you go for it. I, go? I was just wondering, was uh was it what you expected when you got the information about placement? Oh, yes, like... I'd say yes and no. Okay. Um, my trigger sort of, because it was in my PBL trigger, sorry, um, mm -hmm. before placement was kind of in the format of a script from a, a CTPLD 
meeting. So I kind of had more, I'd done more research on and had more of an idea how the community teams would work, I guess. Mm. Um, and from my previous experience, but um, I must admit, I didn't really know what to expect with the inpatient unit. Mm. And I think, I think, um, I had some conversations with my peers about my placement before I went on it and some people were like oh you know it's an inpatient unit isn't it going to be a bit scary you know maybe with challenging behavior blah 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 um, and I'd always had really great relationships with service users before so I didn't have those worries but you know how it kind of makes you a bit nervous perhaps before yeah. you go and and then I when I went and I heard from staff members, maybe, you know, their history and previous incidents, I was perhaps a bit nervous. <laughs> but then when I eventually met the service users and got to know them, they're absolutely lovely and, you know, didn't have negative thoughts about them at all. And so I guess, like, it was what I expected, but yes and no. <laughs> yeah. There's still that. You're a bit apprehensive, aren't you? And I think also yeah. everyone feels like that about, a lot of people feel like that about inpatient in any setting, inpatient mental health, inpatient with learning disabilities. I know I did when I did my inpatient mental health. I remember thinking, oh God, what is this going to be like? Mm. Because you don't have any frame of reference. No. Most of time. And you often hear the, the negative things rather than the positive things before you yeah. actually go there. Um, yeah. When there were so many positive things. I'll tell you one thing mm. I didn't expect though was coming from uh, when I was a therapy assistant before I started uni in an acute hospital setting. Our main job was to get people out of hospital quickly. I didn't expect, you know, these people to have such long stays. Yeah. In the inpatient yeah. units. That's something I wasn't expecting so much, but. Um, mm. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, bit of a hangover, isn't it? Still. Um, yeah from years ago and I think um because obviously historically people um would end up staying in assessment treatment units for a very long time and that's why transforming care exists because we're trying to shorten hospital stay um and try and prevent it in the first place um completely really but um sadly due to like factors outside of people you know our control people do end up still staying don't they for such a long time and it it is amazing isn't it when you realize you know people they're, they're ready to go and they're, they're healthy and they're well and they're ready to go and the only reason why they can't leave is just because placement isn't there yeah they don't exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I know it's like a lack of placement or you know you're waiting for one to be built from scratch or you know there are amazing placements out there but they don't have many um, beds and it's just um yeah it's a it's a shame isn't it we'd all love it to be so much quicker um yeah you know whenever we do have a really quick um admission we're always like this is how it should be you know um yeah. someone came here they're really poorly and they walk through the door they've been here a couple of weeks we've either had therapy they've had a medication change they're ready to go and they can leave again and it's always like this is what it needs to be um but yeah it's yeah I don't blame you yeah, for being shot by that. It's actually quite shocking, isn't it, in a way? <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I guess I come from quite an idealistic standpoint from uni where they always say, you know, in our assignments, don't worry about the restrictions of services because 
you're going to be the future you know you're going to be deciding that in the future and things Mm. like that and our joint PBL with social work again is is what we believe should happen but I guess doesn't always happen in practice you know so Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely it's kind of the reality of it is so different isn't it um and I think yeah you definitely do get to see that on placement don't you yeah <laughs> you know all playing out in practice you know where the gaps are yeah <laughs> I was gonna say as well it's really interesting isn't it how um I think for me when I was a student on placement I remember I used to read about people before I'd go individuals before I go and see them and I'd always be like oh my goodness you know so complicated or you know there's a lot going on here and then you meet the individual don't you and you think oh my goodness you're not what I expected at all and it's amazing how on paper people can appear so different and I think yeah where we work that can happen can't it quite a lot I don't know if you felt like that but definitely definitely Um, I know you know who I mean right (laughs) it happens a few times where I'd meet them and they'd be absolutely lovely and it's in a way I almost feel like I have a, a an issue with like the label of like challenging behavior because what does that really mean you know who's it who's it challenging to yeah you know it's like um what what's the reason behind it um Mm. you know are they in pain are they distressed Mm -hmm. (laughs) are they you know what it's it i guess the problem isn't with the label but the problem would be stopping there and just saying it's challenging behavior rather than yeah have you I'm heard thinking... of sam sly Amelia, she's no. got a big campaign um i am challenging behavior it's so good it's all about yeah it's really good it's all about the language around oh, behavior which can challenge yeah it's really worth looking into mm. she did um, talk for us you're on twitter <laughs> she's quite active <laughs> yeah she's amazing isn't she i've got some stuff actually i can send you um mm. about uh her uh, and she was, yeah, she's actually going to be doing some work with someone that we work with. Is she? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, but I can send, yeah, some information on that campaign, Amelia. It's really, really exciting. Um, oh, that's stuff, so really, good. yeah, yeah. So good <laughs> for chan- you know, the work in that area, really, because mm. working in the, this service that we're, you know, you're on placement in. It's, I think when people are in it you know and as when it's happening Mm. it it's so kind of difficult and tiring and overwhelming that yeah you just hear that term again and again and again don't you and it's actually so hard to get to the bottom of what's really going on and we have to be as a service such investigators to really figure out okay actually there's obviously a reason for this all behavior is there's always a reason behind everything um that happens and you have to just be so good don't you at kind of pulling it apart and thinking okay how does this person really need to be supported but I think that's my biggest lesson moving to service is you know actually when people are in the thick of it that term gets bounded around a lot but I think it's because it's quite hard to Mm. to sit back from it if that makes sense if you're managing it every day yeah you know it's uh, quite eye-opening I think and actually when people do come to unit we're sort of removing them from that in you know the environment where it's all been happening aren't we and then we see them in mm. hospital setting and sometimes they can be instantly different can't they 
um because I was thinking when you're on placement with us we had someone didn't we that was in the community that came into hospital and what they're mm -hmm. describing in the community we didn't see at all in hospital <laughs> didn't match up no no which is yeah it's really fascinating um but yeah we we're wondering actually could you tell us a bit about your experiences while you're on placement in the in uh, the intensive support service so, um sure so um, <laughs> um so in the inpatient unit I got to know I got to know um I think there were three or four people there um and I got to to know all of them. Um, I did lots of activities with them. I was able to do sort of single mohost for activities and full mohosts, which was really good. Um, and I got some idea of sort of sensory issues, although I missed the sensory assessment at the end of the placement. But, oh, yeah. um, and then, <laughs> but that was interesting because, um, and then saw also, I mean, I hadn't seen I'd seen people with, I'd not seen people with um, sort of lifelong institutionalization, mm, institutionalization mm. sort of um, having things done for them. I thought um, it, that was, um, I was able, sorry, I'm like stumbling with my words. Oh, no, don't worry. No, no, it's fine. Is, um, yeah, it was, no, it was sort of quite, um, it's quite uh, interesting, isn't it? Because I think when, you're with us yeah and and still now um that kind of lifetime institutionalization is such a massive sort of part isn't it of some of the people in the care of that service and their presentation yeah and certainly for me I tell you what you know even though you know I was in um, the community team for as long as I was and then like coming to the service I don't think I'd ever really um thought about that as much as mm -hmm. I do now I, I think I'd always sort of been aware actually people that I was seeing had maybe had that experience but it's only from working in our in our unit that I really think about that and and how you can see it impact mm. on function so significantly yeah yeah um, that's that's what struck me and and the fact that they can be underestimated as well like yeah. that that gentleman we saw that um could actually do a lot for himself but like could easily just be deprived of those things mm. just have his food made for him when actually he wants to put his cheese and his beans on his jacket potato he wants to cut it he wants to butter it yeah. he wants to do these things really yeah. skilled yeah can really read skilled. can write yeah um yeah can do so many things and actually if yeah if you sort of first met that person like without knowing all of all of that stuff it it would be interesting wouldn't it I think people yeah I think if there wasn't like a clear picture of what the person's capable of he's so at risk of not being um having the just right challenge isn't he um, yeah you know and yeah just such a skilled you know individual um but yeah and it's, it's sad really um you know, knowing, yeah, some of the people we care for, you know, have literally been in institutions since they were children. Mm. And, yeah, the hangovers of that and how it will affect their lives kind of going forward, really. So I bet, yeah, yeah I bet that was quite a shock, actually. It was for me, anyway. <laughs> um, 
wondering Amelia what um what do you think you what do you feel you learned on this placement what do I what did I learn a lot yeah <laughs> and I only realized how much I learned like looking back to before it's like it, it sort of just goes in doesn't it I didn't actually really appreciate the sort of team that would that you'd see mm. with that which is such a simple thing but uh, about the dis different roles within the team I didn't know that how important for example like the speech and language therapist was and and psychology and and all of that and I also I guess like along those lines learned a lot about the team dynamics and I've got a lot of reflections about about that about that mm. and there are some differences of clinical opinion as well whilst I was with you guys so that was really interesting to see and see what the framework of that was and, mm. um, where each person kind of comes from. Yeah, um, it's not something you could get outside placement, really. No, um, <laughs> not at all. You well, you'll do your Teams module and you might see it a little bit more, but, um, <laughs> but that's always an interesting, very, very good module. You do learn a lot from it. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, we did, didn't we? I was thinking we did have quite, yeah, we had some really interesting discussions actually while you're on placement with us. Yeah. Um, and that and it's quite a nice um you know it's quite a nice uh placement to kind of learn all of that because obviously the team meets every week twice <laughs> yeah. community side inpatient side and i think it's really interesting seeing like the difference but the inpatient side can be quite intense can't it and it's very quick um mm. yeah and it's it's um it's an interesting one um, yeah i like that i like that about the um the ISS is that it was it was quick and it you were acting when it really mattered mm. like you think that being in a crisis team is quite stressful but it it didn't feel that way it kind of felt efficient more efficient and I don't know oh that's good to hear phew really <laughs> it's a nice compliment for your team Verona yeah pass that on yeah bring that one in there yeah <laughs> And um, Amelia, would you recommend an LD placement to other students and why? Yes, definitely. Um, you knew I was going to say that, but yes, definitely. And I, even if people don't want to pursue LD as a, as a career, I just feel like it's really important that everyone has experience working with that client group because they can be, from what I understand, so misunderstood yeah. and as a result, maybe marginalise their needs not met in other settings. Um, so I just kind of worry that unfamiliarity working with people with learning disabilities, like, will make people feel less confident working with them. And then I kind of worry how that would, you know, work out with, within other services, if that makes sense. Mm, that um, makes I, I just like to see everyone work with people with learning disabilities and not be um, uncomfortable or underconfident working with them mm. so yes for anyone I'd say yes oh that's so um, good to hear I think um yeah. you know when I did my training I don't know if Becky feels the same but it was definitely a real um there's definitely a real emphasis on actually you know as OTs we need to know about mental health and physical health because in a physical health setting you'll probably come across someone that's experiencing um difficulties with their mental health um mm -hmm. and vice versa 
but actually you're you know a person with a learning disability is going to use all of those services too yes every Mm. single one in fact often more likely yes Yes. so yeah i mean yeah yeah there's some basics aren't there to practice that you could learn that would really help wouldn't it if you're treating someone in acute hospital with a learning disability or um someone that has a mild learning disability that's in a sort of mainstream mental health service Mm. you know absolutely um and I think also there was a point you sort of mentioned there about the unfamiliarity and not having exposure to it um and um, I think that is a fear for a lot of people if they haven't worked with someone with a learning disability before they feel they're going to say the wrong thing they're going to interact in the wrong way and actually if they had the chance to interact in that safe sort of environment of a placement mm. it might help out like Bryony says if they were to encounter someone with a learning disability in their role in the future so, yeah. yeah and it, it becomes less like a I I don't know how to work with people with learning disabilities kind of if you get you know, getting to know, like, how I got to know all of the people um, in the Deacon unit on placement, that got to know them all as individuals, and that mm. kind of, that fear goes away, because you realise just like anyone else, like any other service user, you just have to get to know them. Um, people uh, are people at the end of the day, that's people. the thing. <laughs> yeah. There's no, yeah, and and now the other thing, the other benefit of, of my placement um, is that for every trigger I have now, um, I'm always thinking like, what if this person has a learning disability? For example, we just did a stroke one. Mm. And I just threw it out there doing PBL. I was like, well, you know, what then? Because mm. um, we don't naturally sort of discuss that. Yeah. In PBLs. It's, always, it's always assuming, you know, that person doesn't have one. Mm. it should always really be taken into account I think yeah like that yes so true that person's neurotypical and they've had this thing happen Mm -hmm. and and now this is their experience but actually you know in our services yeah the people that use our services they do experience things like strokes and well Karen you know had her person didn't she that she was seeing that had um you know a, a stroke or some kind of neuro event and that changed their life completely um but because they had you know a learning disability actually their kind of experience of services have been so different um, yeah and and that's when you get the sort of diagnostic overshadowing isn't it when um people just assume it's the learning disability mm-hmm. which i guess is like why i thought it in stroke when you're assessing someone someone's i don't know cognition or something having an idea of the baseline because you know mm. Yeah, definitely. And it, I think that can be such a source of that sort of health inequality we see in learning disabilities, can't it? Because there is so much diagnostic overshadowing or, you know, sadly, just inequality of service. I mean, I certainly have seen quite a lot of that um, since working in learning disabilities, sadly, especially with neuro, you know, like in neurological things. That's where I've really seen that um disparity of service so people not getting rehab or you know not being under um a neuro service when they're discharged but kind of not realizing that wouldn't come from the ld service or you know it's it's interesting isn't it 
I saw someone um, when I had that day with a community team mm. um, who had um, a fractured neck of femur. Oh, yeah. Hadn't um, received proper uh, therapy after that either. Yeah. They just assumed that, you know, someone else would, would take it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so silly because all, all it could take is just yeah anyone should be able to if you're an ot you should be able to work with mental health physical health and learning disabilities everything if you're an ot you should be able to be comfortable with all of them i think mm. because they never they never really separate everyone out do they <laughs> mm, no no exactly exactly um and also i think yeah that that term challenging behavior but people that present with challenging behavior i've seen that be a reason why people haven't been admitted to hospital when they've actually been really poorly um and things it's, it's interesting isn't it but yeah um so following your placement would you ever consider working in learning disabilities once you qualify nope no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never again <laughs> no yeah definitely i i I think that's that's where my real passion is. Well, it is at the moment, so oh, hey. I don't think it's going to change. So I think, yeah. Oh, so good to hear, myself. Amelia. <laughs> um, and um, our final yeah. question, really, before we move to questions from listeners, um, is: Do you think there's anything more like LD occupational therapists can do to help promote placements in or working in the area of of learning disability occupational therapy um yes i think more placements please um yes. <laughs> i got the only one available in my whole, whole cohort from our first placement so um i was the lucky one but um i think the interest is there within my cohort anyway um so i think just more placements being offered because we're all wanting to mm. do them. <laughs> they <laughs> help. Um, and yeah, I guess we've been lucky at my uni that we've had um, lots of um, learning disability um, and lots of lecturers who work with learning disabilities uh, services. So we've had that kind of visibility there. Um, um, and I guess. I mean, this might be a <laughs> this might be a contested subject, but um, more band five positions would be nice mm. as well. Get, get them in the rotations, the band five rotations, and um, yeah, I yeah, I think yes, um, like being exposed to it more is, is good to get to get um, interest. But having spoken to my co cohort today, who was interested, most people were so um that's my perspective anyway Brilliant. that's really good to hear and I think the thing is see, it's, we love having students and I had my first one <laughs> I loved it <laughs> but um yeah I suppose it's well, talking you are, to other you people in LD you're, you're in the good books <laughs> we're there <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're good replacements I think yeah. we like having students <laughs> <laughs> So as Brani sort of mentioned, we have some um, questions from the listeners. Um, 
So I wonder if we could go through some of those with you, if that's okay, Amelia. And if there's any we don't get through, what we'll do is we'll um, post them on Twitter and tag you in them from um, the SLPLD uh, account. And um, then you can answer them on there if you're happy to, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got them up there, Brian? I do. Like Shall I do the Perfect. first one? Do you want to start with the first one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Karen has asked, uh, what do you think are the benefits of doing a placement in learning disabilities for occupational therapy students? So the benefits, um, getting used to the client group, as we were saying before, um, yeah. it's got to be helpful for any route you go down, whether you're going to work in learning disabilities or not. Um, and yeah, just... Um, they're such a marginalised group in society. So, and with the health equalities, you really want to be able to work with that client group. I think. So, yeah, they yeah. they specify that everyone should have a mental health placement, physical health placement, and one with older people. Um, but I think LD as well. Yeah, <laughs> I like, want it on the list. <laughs> That'd be awesome if we could do that. Um, the next question is also from Karen. Um, what would help students prepare for working with people with learning disabilities? So, Sorry. is there anything? So, is there anything that would have helped you in advance of your placement um, to prepare you for working with people with learning disabilities? So, what what would help prepare for yeah. a placement? So yeah. I did I did the reading, the, the um, understanding sort of the context of everything, how services were before, mm -hmm. how they're changing, um, what the agendas are for change. And do you um, feel that helped you? Sorry? Do you feel that helped you a bit of reading in advance and things? Yeah, definitely. Um, just get an understanding of the service, like the services, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and as for like working with the service users, I think I think go with um, an open mind about who you're going to meet, and um, sure, listen to everything that the staff are saying, but also give yourself that time to form your own opinion, get to know them, and I guess yes, keep an open mind. Um, I think that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> You've already done a bit of this. Um, advice for students studying yeah. learning disability but, but Helen um, has asked um, what advice would you give to students starting a learning disability placement who um, haven't had experience of meeting people um, with learning disabilities before so you've already said obviously keep an open mind but I just wondered if there's anything else you would say um, get to know them <laughs> get to know them they communicate um, maybe um, watch people interact with them first and get an idea. I did a lot of um, observing <laughs> before I actually, you know, interacted myself. I, I kind of learn by observing a lot of the time, um, take things in. Um, but yeah, um, people people and um, yeah. <laughs> Good. What have you enjoyed most about your learning disabilities placement? Um, I think getting getting to know all of the services got to know um 
because they're all great and there's no more there's nothing more rewarding than um uh, engaging in uh, helping them engage in meaningful activity and seeing them sort of reap the benefits of it um flourish just the same way i did a, the job before it was like i don't think there's a bigger reward than that really so i guess yeah, I think that's a really key point as well, because in a lot of other services, you don't have the time to support people to engage in the things that are really important to them. Mm-hmm. And I always think to myself that actually working learning disabilities is kind of you actually get to do what I like to call proper OT. Yeah. <laughs> so the OT kind of reads in textbooks because you've got time, you can get to know people, you can support them in the activities that are important to them, not just sort of, you know, getting them out of bed and the wash and all of that mm-hmm. it's so important obviously but there's so much more to people's lives yeah that's such a good point actually um definitely something I liked about it because I mean when I was a TA before in a cute hospital you, some I mean I guess our assessments weren't were vaguely based on sort of OT models and things but but on this placement I actually used the MoHo model and yeah. Use the mohost and um you know actual felt like i did a formulation um for somebody and it really felt like proper ot you know meaningful activity and it's kind of also left me thinking because my next place that's going to be a you know cute hospital setting mm-hmm. just kind of left me thinking is that surely there's there's more that we could be doing in an equally re- restrictive environment isn't there more that um, hospital OTs could be doing um, mm. in the same way as they do mm. in it, learning disability services? Be interesting to hear about it. And um, yeah, and I was going to say actually, when Amelia's on placement with us, um, you yeah you got to do all of that, and then for someone who was ready for discharge, you helped us create that um, occupation care plan thing, um, which has been so good. And that was just a way of helping us piece together, you know, so we've worked on all of these elements of occupation. So the self-care, leisure, productivity kind of stuff. And then it was like, well, how do we get this out there? so it's not just down to OT to look at that. It's kind of a way of getting it out to the support staff and things. And Amelia helped us um, in a big way, actually. Is it, is um, it, are you using it? Yeah, we are using it. We're, uh, we're reviewing it with the unit manager um, at the moment. So it's been in place now for yeah. a couple of months. Um, and we're reviewing and we're looking to, yeah. So the next step is providing it for everyone. But it's been really good. It's such a good idea. And it was just a really good example, actually, of something coming from yeah, where Amelia was a therapy assistant for her training, mm. um, bringing that into learning disability services, but tailoring it to. Amazing, yeah. Amelia. Well yeah, done. Thanks, you using that. I'm really pleased you are using it. Yeah. Oh, we are. oh no, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's such a good idea. It was brilliant. And yeah, it's kind of our way of um, communicating. Yeah. How can someone do these things that are meaningful to them how can they be supported to do them and then staff recording they are able to do it this way and if there's any improvements we can change it or if we need to add any support we can then yeah it's a really good way of yeah recording 
Castle yeah, Springs Court. Because hospitals, they love tick boxes, so basically yeah. use that technique. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> There's a lot of good work that goes on that doesn't get recorded. Um, mm. But, you know, also it's a good prompt as well. And when, some, when you have agency staff or new staff coming in, they don't necessarily know someone or how they like to engage. It's yeah. good because it's there on the paper. You know, this person. Expected. Yeah, this is how this person gets ready in the morning. You know, yeah. did they do it this way? Did you need to give more help? Did you do you actually give less help? You know, it's, it's really good. Um, yeah, so well done. Um, I'm glad you're using it. And it also helps people who might be underestimated and have things done for them be able to do more for themselves if it's there on the page that they can actually, they can do that. Yeah. They enjoy doing that. Absolutely. And yeah, because a person we're trying it with, you know, um, yeah. it's definitely a risk of that, aren't they? So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's been really good, actually. Lindsay and Joe actually had exactly the same question. Um, same thinking, with yeah, this one, didn't they? <laughs> which is good. <laughs> On the same wavelength, Lindsay and Joe. Um, but they said, uh, what will you take forward in your practice when you qualify? Um, what will I take forward? So if so whatever practice I think I go into, there'll be still be transferable things like um, communicate communication, different ways of communicating. I mean, that's mm. applicable to all sorts of settings. Yeah. <laughs> Not just learn disabilities. Same with um, and on placement. Um, I think, sorry, I'm just thinking. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Oh, that's a, they're brilliant ones to take forward. Okay. Thank you so much, Amelia, for all of your really thoughtful questions. And it was lovely chatting with you. And keep in touch and let us know uh, if you do go into LD. We'd be very interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know how you get on. And yeah, thank you so much, Amelia. That was really brilliant. And yeah, it's been lovely having you on. Thank you. It's been lovely chatting to you both. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for coming on, Amelia. It's been lovely having you. Um, so, and thank you listeners again for listening to us. Um, yeah. If you want to connect with us, you can do so um on our social media platforms at instagram at rcot underscore pld on twitter at rcot underscore pld and at facebook at rcot sspld and we love hearing from you so do get in touch yeah yeah and thank you so much listeners for all of your support over the last is it nearly two years no. yeah nearly two years mm. Year and a yeah. half ish. Year and a uh, yeah, half. pretty, you know. <laughs> two series, <laughs> either yeah, way. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, we do appreciate it. And yeah, we'll keep you posted on series three. Mm. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.